Hey everyone, Sean and Dave here from Saturday Morning Cartoons. We cannot start this week's show, absolutely cannot start this week's show, until we thank the following people who went to Patreon.com to sponsor this show. Derek Haynes. Alex Kazanis. Jack Connolly. Jonathan Renteria Elie. Bill Dixon. The wonderful Melanie Harker. Dr. Jason Woods. Oh, the fantastic Allison Keene. The alright Jamal Newman. The so-so John Helter. Battle Matt Fitness. The wonderful David Trumbor. And the one and only Sean Paul Ellis. Hey, out there, if you guys want to be on this list or just want to know what's coming up next week on the show, check out patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons for more details. And remember, that's morning with a U. Thank you so much for sponsoring us. Thank you so much for listening. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you at the beginning of a Hanukkah celebration, I'll be your host, Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always, my co-host, my buddy, Sean Pilas. How's it going, Sean? Uh, David, 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 I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? Doing good, doing good. Uh, how's your Hanukkah celebration going? Uh, well, strangely enough, it is not going to kick off until tomorrow. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't celebrate it, so I don't know what is going on this week. I was kind of hoping that you'd help me out here. Uh, well, I, I I can definitely help okay. you out, um, oh. but I'm actually going to ask for some assistance. Yeah. Theater performer, friend of the show, and previous guest that we've had on, Melanie Harker, is coming back to the show tonight. Say hi. hi. <laughs> is she there? There she is. And she She's here, and uh, she's going to help us out because I, I have to profess... Uh, I am not 100% clear on all of the Hanukkah celebration, but we actually do celebrate Hanukkah in our house. How about that? Classic Jewish move to hide, by the way. I, I really <laughs> thought Sean was going to say, hiding. I am not 100% Jewish. I, I was not going to say. He's not 100% Jewish. In fact, he's, he's not, not Jewish. Straight up. Yeah. Straight up not Jewish. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's defending that. Nobody's disputing the fact that I'm not Jewish right now. I just want to make sure that the listeners are clear. Sean Ellis, not a Jew. Melanie Harker also doesn't sound like a Jew, but Schuster is my mother's maiden name, and that is a super Jewish name. So, Leslie Merrill Schuster. Yeah, Trumbor, not the most Jewish of names. (laughs) No, not quite. Not quite. Go figure. No. Have we talked about, okay, so it's obviously, it's December, end of year holidays. Have we done any holiday specials on this show that did not deal directly with just Christmas or maybe just like a um, a, a winter, like a, a secular winter <laughs> holiday? Do, have we done anything? Well, good, you anything guys did that? Jack Frost, remember? a cup, like, yeah, so which is just like, like a, a winter sort of holiday. A pagan. Uh, it is actually a very pagan. pagan. They do get into like. The seasons yeah. and shit. So that's that's definitely true. But I've been wanting to do yeah. today's cartoon for a while because it was like beyond another sort of like animated children's warehouse of goods that had to do with the Jewish yeah. religion and culture, which was mm-hmm. Shalom Sesame, which was like a, an offshoot of Sesame Street. There's like three seasons now. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, we could... uh 
crack that open sometime in the future. That is all about um, it's Jewish culture education for kids. And there's a lot of really famous cameos of, of famous Jewish actors in America that come on and, and talk That's about cool. the alphabet and like the Hebrew alphabet and, and culture and history. And it's, it's really interesting. It was my only Hebrew school, school as a child. And then the other thing I had was today's cartoon. Interesting. Now, <laughs> so you obviously watched Rugrats Hanukkah when you mm-hmm. were a kid. I remember this coming on too, but there's also a Rugrats Passover there special. Is. And there, there is also a Rugrats Kwanzaa episode that they have as well. I saw that in the reviews. Sean's not actually making a joke. He's being serious for once. There's actually a Kwanzaa special. I didn't know that either. I don't think I, I've seen that one though. Was that one that came out later? Have. At least when we when we were browsing it on the Hulus, it seemed as though it was a more yeah. recent episode. Like this animation style looked a lot more recent than um, this 1996 special. Yeah, it looked 2000s. Yeah, I wonder if that came back after the fact and was just like a, a special, a one-off special, like not part of a season like this one was. But I'm giving too much away of Sean's uh, history here. So, buddy, why don't you why don't you take over and let us know about this? So, those of you who are not familiar, a Rugrats Hanukkah, titled on screen as Hanukkah, and sometimes called the Rugrats Hanukkah Special, is a special episode of Nickelodeon's animated television series Rugrats. In 1992, Nickelodeon executives had pitched the idea of a Hanukkah special to the production team, but the concept was revised and later became the 1995 special. A Rugrats Passover. After production of the Passover episode wrapped, the crew returned to the Hanukkah idea. Nickelodeon broadcast a Rugrats Hanukkah on December 4th, 1996, and the episode received a Nielsen's rating of 7.9 and positive reviews from television critics. Along with other Rugrat episodes featuring Boris and his wife, Minka, the special attracted controversy when the Anti-Defamation League compared the character design to the anti-Semitic drawings from a 1930s Nazi newspaper. Of course they did. Of course <laughs> they did. They needed to find something to That's what the kids complain love. about, and they found it. These kids are reading way too many 1930s Nazi newspapers, and we need to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Kids love it. And they're going to draw those conclusions. They're going to connect those dots. Sean, did you just pull out your Spitman voice? No, that was not my that was not my J. Jonah Jameson oh, Spitman voice. Not. Oh man. No, sorry. Sorry. Sorry everybody who is guys, but if you but I appreciate everybody messaging me and telling me that they want me to do my J. Jonah Jameson voice more often. So, uh thank you for all the messages, guys. I really do appreciate the support. I've been paying them. I, are you so Please you know, stop paying them. Yeah. We're just we're gonna stop this podcast. It's so much fun though. I get so much enjoyment. <laughs> we're gonna stop this podcast, and it's just gonna become a podcast where people bruise my ego, as frail and as shattered as it already is. It's good practice for making uh, ginger bitch cookies, <laughs> like we talked about last week. All right, moving on. If you guys don't know what Rugrats are, I can't help you. Go back and listen to our Rugrats episode. If you don't know what Hanukkah is, that's also a problem. If you know just a little bit about both of these, you can probably have a decent idea of what the Rugrats Hanukkah special is about. But to break it down for you a little bit more, here we go. This is the first episode of the show's fourth season and the 66th overall. It tells the story of the Jewish holiday Hanukkah through the eyes of the Rugrats, who imagine themselves as the main characters in the story. Meanwhile, Grandpa Boris and his longtime rival Shlomo feud over who will play the lead in the local synagogue's Hanukkah play. 
it sounds like that's just like a weird side story, but that's actually kind of like the main crux <laughs> of this entire special, which I did not expect. I also want to mention that the choice of the name Shlomo, which I definitely did not remember from being a child, uh, yeah. made me laugh so hard because I was in a production in undergrad of Fiddler on the Roof. And when you're in, mm -hmm. um, when you when you purchase the script package from, I think it's like MTI or whoever owns the rights, um, every yeah. single villager in the village that that the fiddler on the roof takes place in has a very ashkenaz jewish name like every single one of them do oh, really? and so even if you have no lines you know your name is beryl which is an actual name yeah. in in that script or like there are i mean there are many other ones but another one that we all loved was shlomi <laughs> but oh, shlomi is i think like the level up of shlomo and they're probably is it like the diminutive? Is it like the cutesy version? Of, Maybe of like like little Shlomo is Shlomi. Like that's probably true. L like if you feed oh, it enough yeah. like yeah. Shlomo candies, it turns into like a second evolution of Shlomi. Maybe yeah. that's possible. Okay. It's it's super effective. Yeah. <laughs> it's super effective. From what I Man, I would love a Pokemon Hanukkah. Oh my god, I'm definitely gonna make this happen. Uh, are you serious? That'd be a yeah. lot of fun. What would be in your Pokemon? Wait, Mel's gonna make this? Yeah, well, it works gonna because work, you would spin the dreidel, and then each of the sides, like the the gimel or the hay, like they pop out, and they are actually like Pokemon characters. Let's back this up. What are you talking so, about? So, <laughs> a dreidel is a four sided top mm -hmm, that. toy that you use. Okay, like in like Inception. Mm, yes, right. like Inception that you use. No, to... that his totem wasn't a. No, yes, it is like a top. That is that is what Dave is asking. I saw the Jewish cut of Inception, and it was definitely a dreidel. So when you play the game dreidel, you use the instrument, the top, a dreidel. It is four-sided square. Uh, and when it lands, so when the dreidel stops spinning, which it eventually does, unlike the top in Inception, which I think just keeps going through as you like come in and out of the levels or whatever the fuck happens in that movie, uh, you you have a certain outcome. So each of the four sides dictates how much out of the pot of money that you contribute when you play dreidel, you get to take with you or you get to distribute among everybody. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I never knew that. Like I knew it was a game and there was something to do with like the little gold, uh, gold mm -hmm. foil chocolate coins usually, yes. right? Yeah, but well, I never knew kid, kids will yes, kids will typically play with with gold coins. Um, so the the four sides because this will actually come into play with some jokes in this episode. I can uh, I can say well, you got them. Yeah, I, I have them. Okay, Google yeah. does great things yeah. for the for the non Jewish. Yes. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes, the for the, the non chosen people. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so it's none, which means none. Correct. Yes. Means you get nothing. You, get, you don't, you get, don't to, get shit. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, hey. Which means you get half of the pot. Shin. Which means you. You realize if you get this wrong, you do not get to go on birthright. <laughs> I don't get to go on birthright because <laughs> I'm too old anyway. All right, let's calm down. <laughs> She's kicked out of the club. Uh, what shin, does shin mean? Shin means you. Everyone adds one in. That you put in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. And save. and that means gimel would mean that you get all the pot. Correct. The pot of of gimel center or the. Mm -hmm. I like that one. What if I spend one gimel and then I just leave? Is that cool? Uh, I mean, I think you need to play four rounds, but yeah. 
Oh, four rounds. Hmm. Okay, interesting. I mean, something to make it interesting, right? Like, you don't just play, like, one hand of poker and walk away, do you? That's what I... Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like, I, was I, don't, I don't think that's how I that works. I mean, I've seen, I've seen David in a cathedral... I've in a seen... cathedral playing poker. Pause. Yeah, I used to gamble all the time in this local cathedral. That's why it was turned into a board. casino, and everybody was cool with it. Isn't that just all of Pittsburgh? Or a lot of a lot of guilt. Oh, Are cathedrals right? turned into casinos. Yeah, everything has a hidden yeah. casino. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that's just mm-hmm. what happened in Pittsburgh. But back to Rugrats Hanukkah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so here's the fun thing about this particular episode, as far as our podcast goes. For 180 some episodes now, we usually go through the theme song followed by the characters, the animation style, and then we hit the plot. However, this is Rugrats. And just because it's a Hanukkah special, they really don't change anything else except for the story itself. So we already know the theme song because it's the same as the regular Rugrats theme song. We already know the characters, with the exception of maybe a couple who we'll talk about in a second. And we already know most of the animation style except for a couple of interesting uh, wrinkles that they throw in here during the telling of the story. But before we get to the plot, Sean... uh, do you have a, a character that maybe stands out that you'd like to talk about? Uh, I do. Other than our usual cast. Uh, I do. I have. Uh, I actually have three characters, but uh, I think one that was. That's greedy. I asked you for <sighs> one. Well, then... <laughs> you think you spell you spinning a spinning a gimbal? Uh, oh, oh my god! Oh my god! I'm gonna throw it to Mel. Mel, <laughs> any characters that stand stand out to you? <laughs> Why, yes, James. You Thank fuck. you so much for asking me before Sean. So there were uh, there are the, the number one character that really stands out. We get to learn a lot about Grandpa Boris uh, yeah. to today with this episode and um, and sort of his past and his uh, he has a friend that we also learn about his his friend from childhood. His name is Shlomo. And as now you just you just now you're just getting greedy. Now you were he, no, asked, he asked you for, for one character, and I'm explaining so. So Boris has this friend, and we learn a lot about Grandpa Boris and his choice to build a family when he was young versus becoming like an entrepreneur and getting lots of money, which I guess there's only two forks in the road. You can't have it all. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, nope. Way back. Kids or wealth. That's it. <laughs> way back, right? Kids or money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we, we learn a lot about him and his love for Tommy and his love for uh, the theater and his dislike mm-hmm. for getting poked. And we've seen... Yeah, with a with a, with a, a play sword, and we've seen Boris before. They've they've popped up in a number of episodes um, in the Rugrats, but this is the first one that kind of has a little bit more focus on on Boris and his relationship with his grandson Tommy um, and the other kids as well, because they're all over. They're all part of the Hanukkah festivities, mm-hmm. which was kind of neat. I like that. We'll get to the plot in a second. Sean, is there anybody we left out? Uh, we left out Boris's wife, uh, Minka. Who uh, we should say that these are these are Dee's. Uh, Tommy Pickles' parents, or Tommy Pickles' mom. These are uh, her parents. So this is uh, this is the maternal side of Tommy Pickles. Yeah, I th- what I thought was interesting about this is I don't know if they mentioned that you know Dee Dee was Jewish before, or that Tommy is half Jewish, or however the heredity. Well, was. no, he's full, actually he's full, full Jewish. Jewish. Full Jewish. He's full Jewish because yes. of his his mother's indeed heritage. Right? Correct. Okay. So the fact that his dad is Gentile plays into this plot, which is pretty funny because Stu, God love him, Stu is always kind of a tinkerer, uh, an inventor. 99% of his ideas quite literally blow up in his face. And this was some of the more, not not necessarily of- offensive, but some of the more spectacular I think maybe he's ever had. And they even like point out to it, they're like, I really hope he doesn't do anything that's just going to get us in trouble or like paint us in a bad light. 
in this episode. And we can talk about whether or not he did or not as we continue on. Anything else from characters you guys want to mention here? No, I think that those are, I mean, aside from the regular cast of characters that we're, we're going to be familiar with, we're going to, we're going to also get a chance to see them um, with a little bit of a, like a, a Jewish spin on some of them at the very beginning of this episode. A Jewish a little, a little spin? Yeah, it's called a dreidel. Yeah. Oh my God. Yep. <laughs> I regret it. I regret I everything. I don't know if we get to meet Cynthia in previous episodes or not. I can't remember if we ever see her like on the show or we just see the doll Cynthia, which is like this version of Barbie. It's like isn't Rugrats there, version of Barbie. Yeah. Isn't there like a dream episode, like a dream sequence episode where we get to Maybe. meet Cynthia as a person, like as a, a, like a manifestation in air quotes, right? I it doesn't really I can... but maybe hmm. but we definitely get to see her uh, like on tv um as this singer dancer um entertainer uh for a christmas special that angelica wants to watch the only reason i bring it up is because once we get to our love it hate it for tonight you're gonna absolutely <coughs> love the hate it review uh tonight and it, it, it revolves around <laughs> cynthia so just keep that what? in mind uh, well, okay it's amazing <laughs> oh, i've got <laughs> questions okay Okay, so animation style. This is mid-90s animation. It's the Rugrats. It's the it's the classic kind of a little squiggly, a little lumpy babies that you know and love. Everybody's kind of got weird proportions. They look a little stretched, a little inflamed. They all kind of look the same. Go ahead, Sean. Now, do you think that some of the inspiration for Lumpy Mashed Potato Dog from Give a Mouse a Christmas Cookie <laughs> yeah. came from the lumpiness that is apparent in Tommy Pickle's head. I think the, the lump quotient, I think Lumpy Space Princess is far lumpier than Lumpy Potato Dog. Hmm. I don't know if she's as lumpy as the entire cast of the Rugrats characters. <laughs> <laughs> They're very lumpy people. Oof. I actually feel bad for the animators because that is a lot of lumps to like keep track of yeah. and keep in the same place. Otherwise, they just move around the body, mm. and that's not good for you. No, that's um, that's that's a malignant. I think that's what metastasis. They, or they or they're young enough where these are all soft spots, that. and we did have a soft spot joke in this episode too. We did. Yep. We did have a soft spot joke. Yes. <laughs> oh this, boy. Look, I love Rugrats because this is one of those shows that you can go back to years. I mean, we're talking twenty years later now from this one. And you find more jokes that you can appreciate that you probably missed when you were like eight or 10 or 12 years old. So uh, definitely a good one to go back and revisit. I'm getting ahead of myself. Animation style. There is one little snippet of animation that I thought was interesting because Rugrats didn't do this very often. In the telling of the tale uh, of the Hanukkah story, the original Hanukkah story, that really opens up this entire um, episode there is an interesting sort of transition in animation style from lumpy headed kids to sort of like comic book almost kind of like action scene very much more realistic than this this cartoon version of sort of like the ancient battles between the the jewish uh, people and the greeks who were in charge at the time mm. it was interesting to kind of see that i get that wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. what's going on the maccabees and the romans the romans i say greeks i thought you they said, said greeks in the show Let's fact check before we continue. Sorry, Dave. Guys, do we not know how Hanukkah? I don't. I mean, the story of Hanukkah begins in the reign of Alexander the Great. Alexander conquered Syria, Egypt, and Palestine, but allowed the lands under his control to continue observing their own religions and retain a certain degree of autonomy. 
Under his relatively benevolent rule, many Jews assimilated much to the Hellenistic culture, adopting the language and customs and the dress of the Greeks. What? Mm-hmm. In much the same way that the Jews of America today blend into the secular American society. Hellenistic period covers a period of Mediterranean history between the death of Alexander and the emergence of the Roman Empire. Well, I'm the worst Jew that ever lived. Okay, I we'll apologize, Dave, for, uh, for cutting Well, off. no, I don't know because I think they cover a really broad swath of time from like Greek dominion where everything was chill, possibly up till, let me look, let me look, uh, what was his name? Alexander? Uh, Anti- er, Antichus? Yeah, Antichus. <laughs> Antichus the fourth. Antiochus. A-I-N-T-I-O-C-H-U-S. Yeah. I-V. <clears throat> oh. Key battles between the Maccabees and the Syrian Greeks. So it's all kind of a little, it's a little messy over there. It's all a mishmash. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, I apologize. I will be quiet. No, you're good. So we'll just leave, we'll leave that. Because I was going on to... You were talking about the... I'm just basically the, talking about that the, animation yeah, style. That, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we were... Yeah, sorry. <clears throat> yeah, that animation style, Dave, was very 300 of this show. <laughs> yeah, like a few years before that actually hit. Exactly. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> Don't expect to see that in a Rugrats episode. But that was the only time they did it. Do yeah. you think that the lumpiness that was in this show inspired the lumpiness in the movie 300? Do you think it inspired lumpy muscles? Yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent, great. Where were the lumpy muscles in three hundred? I'm kidding. I have questions. They were they were under the. Remember that one guy that couldn't hold his shield up and stab with the spear. <laughs> oh. That guy, Lumpy Spartan. It was Lumpy Spartan. <laughs> lumpy Spartan. In the Rugrats version of Three Hundred, he's known as Lumpy Spartan. So we had a battle between the Maccabees and the Greeks, correct? Yeah, now here's here's the thing. They they start a little bit earlier in the story. We're going to dive into the plot here because why not? But did you guys expect the entire episode to be like the actual story of Hanukkah? Like set we we are thrown back to like ancient times, ancient um Middle East, Egypt, Mesopotamia, that whole area. We're thrown back there, but the Rugrats are in place of the characters in the story. So they're carrying out and acting out the story. But we get interrupted a few minutes into this, I thought we were going to spend the whole time back there like they were just, it was just the story in those times. But no, that's not what happens. What did you guys think? Were you surprised by that? Yeah, I couldn't remember if they were going to go full VeggieTales on this or not. <laughs> right. uh, for to, Never to, go full VeggieTales. Yeah, to bring in the, the, the Christian perspective here, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, jeez. I know. Uh, VeggieTales too. our entire podcast. We got to... <laughs> Gonna put one of those on on our list for for some time in the future, but uh, oh god, yes, we do. It's great. Um, but uh, no, I, I did expect them to to really just tell the whole story with them in those positions. But it's it's not super yeah. long, and I and they you know they kind of tell like the sort of two or three beats of the Hanukkah story over the course right. of the episode, um, and it's way more fun to watch the kids kind of figure out some of these terms that are new and foreign to them and, you know, make make baby sense of it. So that's been fun. I think it's challenging because there was no way that they could explain the full tale in and of itself because it's so violent. 
And they got right to the point where they were about to get violent and yep. they changed animation <laughs> style. And they're like, you know what? We're going to let the battles happen and we're going to do some like basic Rugrats stuff that you're familiar with and pepper in a little story. And then we're going to come back to it about the lighting of the candles uh, with the oil <laughs> or possibly, you know, at the the menorah at the end of it right. with the we're going to come back to it later with the idea of lighting the menorah with either oil or candles towards the end of it and kind of bookend this entire tale. So that is the theme of my childhood in a nutshell. Skipping like, the violent battles and just getting to the menorah. Like, like so I, I had, a, when in New Jersey, growing up in New Jersey in the 90s, you know, there, there's a lot of education in our public schools about, I'm going to get really dark for a second, sure. about the Holocaust. Welcome. There's like okay, sure. so much education about it. And it's and it's horrifying. Like there's no nice way to talk about the Holocaust. Everyone tries. They're like, we'll talk about Anne Frank. It'll be fine. But I was reading books in the fourth and fifth grade that were just like super dark. And my mom actually was a part of like a small group of parents who were like, why are you making our children who are not even 10 years old like read about these like horrible war stories like there's no need for that right now like we can help you know like you're basically telling the story of like why they don't know who their ancestors are i mean like there's a blank spot after my grandparents that we just like i just don't know don't know where they came from don't know who they are and never will right um and so there was just this like this sense of having to just like every year uncover this like horribly uncomfortable, very violent conversation, which is important to have in our society. And I don't disagree yeah. with that, but just maybe not when you're 10 years, just maybe not when you're like every single year that you are in public yeah. school, let's have two months where we just concentrate on this history for a lot, which for a lot of people is kind of a foreign concept. And for others is still pretty personal. Like this generation, maybe not, when I when I was in school, I was a still a part of the generation who had like grandparents who had come over from World War II. And the right. further we get into history, it'll it'll be way more removed, and maybe then it'll be a little less harrowing, but or harrowing rather. But for my mom, it was like, why are we like why are we reading these books and like really digging into it? So it's funny that you say, you know, let's stop when it gets violent, and we'll come back to it in the end. It's like that's kind of the Jewish culture in a nutshell. That's like all religion, right? It's like there's a horribly violent portion in the middle and then everything nice is kind of around it. So it's yeah. it's interesting. Uh, I want to bring up, I know that you had mentioned about sort of talking about and understanding the Holocaust. I remember in fourth or fifth grade, we had to read, uh, what was it, Number of the Stars? That was the book. Yeah, yeah. that's what I that's thought it was going to be. That's Between a- that and Anne Frank. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I never read Number of the Stars because my mom was like, I-, I don't want you to read this. It's horrible. Well, Lois Lowry does a great a job. reading like the mouse comics. The ma- <laughs> I don't think they had come around at that time. The mouse. mouse. When did they come out? Uh, I don't. I will Google that. I don't. Man, I can't remember how old I was when I got my hands on it, but I picked it up and I was just like, this is interesting. And then you start reading and you're just like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually not, never heard of these comics. Oh, really? Part. No. It's um it's a oh, this is interesting, Dave. No, I was wrong. Mouse is a graphic novel by American cartoonist Art Spiegelman, serialized from nineteen eighty mm-hmm. to nineteen ninety one. Um yeah, okay. he interviews his father. I got it when they collected yeah, 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 yeah. I got it when they collected him in the trades, I think. 
So uh, this is just super quick. It, so it um, it de- depicts Spiegelman interviewing his father about his experiences as a Polish Jew and Holocaust survivor. Right. Hmm. So it's like the mice and then the cats are the Nazis. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there's like other... Ca- Have you guys not read it? I've never read it. No. Oh, it's really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 very accessible, I think, for kind of like however old I was at the time when I read it, it's much more, it's it's in the same vein as like, you know, if you watch uh, Watership Down or if you watch um, Plague Dogs, things like that, where they use animals as a stand-in for both the victims and the <clears throat> the persecutors of all these different atrocities. But yeah, so I think Rugrats was wise to kind of skip over babies slaughtering <laughs> other babies uh, during this this like primetime special or whatever it was. So, but are you sure though? Because a Macca baby's got to do what oh. a Macca baby's got to do. Such a cute, such a cute moment. And <laughs> I literally wrote down that I I want a collection of scrolls with pop ups to tell me the stories of the Bible. That would I, be such a much more entertaining way of you really. Like, I story. also wrote that down, Dave. I thought that was such yeah. a lovely touch that they did that. Just to be very yeah. clear, they're not scrolls. We're talking about Torah. Well, they're, they're reading. They, 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 they still are scrolls. scrolls. But it, it's got an actual proper name. You wouldn't just call that. Like if you had a Bible here, you wouldn't just call it like a book, right? You'd call yeah, it the Bible. I want that book. Give me that book. It's the book of the Bible. So the oh scrolls. I want to pop up Torah. I want to pop up Torah. Same. Can I get that? Well, I love the fact that they pop they they interject this with a moment where they are discovered reading these scrolls, the Torah. And they pull out dreidels and begin to spin them. And this yeah. uh, this soldier is like, what are you doing? They're like, oh, we're playing with our dreidels. And then they just quick aside. They're like, we made them out of clay. And I was like, yeah. that's I like how sneaky you guys are being about this. And then throughout this entire episode, there is, uh, I think, about six different times that they interject with things about Judaism, but they kind of baby misconstrue them they baby rugrats misconstrue all these phrases oh i love it yeah i love it what were some of your favorites my favorite my favorite was in the very beginning when they said that the the hanukkah candles were birthday candles and they had to blow them out yeah, which funny. is like absolutely what you don't fucking do to the menorah <laughs> at all it's a good that is a good lesson. Even I do like that they they were like, maybe it's your birthday. Maybe you're all grown up now and have to get a job. <laughs> I thought that was super That was cute. so funny. I remember as a yep. kid, we had two menorahs. Um, one that was like handmade. It's a brass. Mm-hmm. It's like a baby menorah. It was handmade by my uh, great-grandfather. And then we had like a regular like stainless steel menorah that we was like the big, the big adult menorah, right? And when we would light, we'd light both menorahs. But if we had to go out again, like if we, it was, you know, you, you light them at sundown. And then if my mom like forgot something at the store, mm-hmm. she would just be like, I'm so sorry to like her dead parents. And then like put her oh. to like, take them out it was hilarious she'd be like i'm so sorry aunt ethel and then we would like you know like blow them out it was great. i feel like fire safety is important yeah but yeah. you're supposed to let them burn to their right, full right, right. you know all the way out before doing anything yeah big offense sorry lessel just throwing you under the bus here <laughs> i wonder if we and by we i mean Christian, I don't know why I'm lumping myself in with that, but the Christian uh, practice of Advent candles. Mm-hmm. So each week you basically have a different candle leading up to like the the Christ candle. Um, 
which I don't know if it's if it's lit on Christmas Day or the Sunday before. This is all fairly new to me. I'm in like a, a, a Anglican church down here in the south. I don't remember having those as a kid. Maybe we did. I don't remember them. So it's fairly new. But yeah, they have three Advent, three or four Advent candles and then one Christ candle that they light. And I wonder if we stole it from this practice because it seems pretty similar <laughs> and kind of a ripoff, but I'm not sure. I think the practice of lighting candles in religion is like a pretty well-known thing. I don't know if yeah. anybody started it at all. Sean's making uncomfortable the, faces, but... It's like the only thing you could do in in like ancient religions though it's like the only pseudo magical thing you could do mm-hmm. as someone here on earth like i can make fire and light a thing that'll stay lit that's pretty magical for this time when we don't have electricity or internet or netflix yeah so i feel like it's pretty magical yeah. yep netflix pretty magical <laughs> 21st century magic 21st century magic God. in the air um uh, we got bruno mars on the show that's right now so dangerous i know that's we're not gonna get lyrics. we're gonna get a uh, cease and desist on that. What? And another? Um, what other <laughs> more copyright infringements? <laughs> what other fun little babyisms jumped out of you guys? Uh, sure. So we I had got my favorite. Oh, what was your favorite then, Dave? My favorite is the meanie of Hanukkah. Yep. Oh. The meanie of Hanukkah. What was your favorite, Sean? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, instead of synagogue, they called it cinema bob. Oh, I'm. <laughs> I think I missed that one. But when they're when they're in their strollers and they're being pushed into the synagogue, uh, they're just like, "Hey, look! There's the cinema bob!" And I just I don't know why that struck that me as being so much funny. More delicious. Yeah, but we're we're missing out. There were uh, I think there there were a couple more. Uh, they said instead of miracle, they would say mirable. Yeah, mirable. Yeah, the mir- mm-hmm. the the mirable. Um, they would continue to say uh, harmonica instead of Hanukkah. <laughs> right. And uh, instead of <laughs> instead of dreidels, uh, very very early on when you see them playing with them for the first time, they say cradles. They're like the cradles. these cradles. They don't taste good as it's they're super like cute when you just switch letters and then say it. Yep. And then you're a baby, even though you're like a thirty year old adult playing a baby. <laughs> still super cute. Still yeah. super cute. I also think it's fun. I, I, yeah. Oh, sorry, Dave. <clears throat> I was just gonna say for the meaning of Hanukkah, it kind of played into the plot a little bit more because you essentially find out that. Boris finds out his his rival Shlomo is sort of taking over the publicity for this uh, this Hanukkah play at the synagogue. So their feud kind of reignites, right? The kids find that Boris is going to to face his rival, and they think that he is quote the meanie of Hanukkah rather than trying to find the meaning of Hanukkah. And they they use that throughout the story. So it becomes a, an inciting incident for them to like protect their grandfather from this, this old guy who's the meanie of Hanukkah. And that gets them involved in all sorts of stuff throughout the, the series run. So I thought that was a lot of fun. So they have, to back your point up, Dave, not only do the babies think that Shlomo is the meanie, but Boris also thinks that Shlomo is a meanie as well. Did you, right. did you catch the little speech that he had that was in the kitchen about his childhood experiences uh, with Shlomo, I can't remember off the top of my head. So he says, uh, "If I he goes, if I caught a if I caught a smelt, he caught a sturgeon. Oh, yeah. I caught a cold, yeah. he caught pneumonia. I started a family, he started a fancy schmancy business." Yeah, and you're just like, "There's there's some like surprising kind of like this sounds weird, but mature immaturity going on. Oh right? yeah, like some very adult uh, problems that these two have that have not been reconciled yet, and it's a weird way to like work that into this." 
this idea of like teaching about Hanukkah to little kids and also having the entertaining Rugrats episode, but also having these like this older generation that still have a grudge against each other that is resolved by the end of the episode is an interesting way to work that in that you don't really see see coming. It's, <laughs> it's a weird episode that maybe shouldn't work because they have three different, very different things going on, but it all kind of comes together in a really nice way at the end. What do you guys think about uh, Angelica? Did she learn? Did she learn anything from being like super consumerist and uh, and greedy as usual and selfish? No, I don't think nope. so. <laughs> Not, Not at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's how that's who I was as a child. I uh, I didn't give a fuck about Judaism <laughs> as a child. I was like, bring on the presents, which I was surprised that Angelica really didn't harp on. Is that she was gonna get eight presents for the eight nights? Um, I feel like she probably celebrates both holidays, though. Especially like why both. she yeah. would not harp on the presence aspect of Hanukkah, which actually nobody really talked about the presence aspect of Hanukkah in this special at all, which I thought no, was just interesting. After, right after the beginning, yeah, when they were trying to figure out why they were oh birthday presents lit and why he kept because like Tommy, yeah, he thought he was getting birthday presents and he held up that like scary mask for whatever reason, and it like scares um, the shit out of Chucky and he falls over, yeah. Oh, Chucky. Mm. But yeah. I... Uh, but yeah, the, the whole thing, um, I think, let's see, the villains of this piece are probably Angelica. <laughs> and then weirdly, like, Stu. Because he tries to make, he's always got the best intentions, right? He's always got the best reasons behind everything. He wants to show Dee Dee that he supports her. And he wants to make... Uh, his in-laws and his son proud of his heritage. He wants them to understand and appreciate his heritage. So in the only way that Stu can do it, he makes a giant robotic catastrophe of a menorah. That this thing has like a ton of potentially offensive things included with it. Like, what was it? Like a bunch of... Uh, it's a bunch what, of men doing the Havana Gila like all the yeah. way around. It's so <laughs> much fun. music going and it's just like a weird cuckoo clock kind of thing all stuffed together there's like whistles and lights and everything going and it's like this robotic menorah that pieces are falling off and flying around and exploding and blowing the circuits in the house and i love the fact that they strapped this to the roof of their car (laughs) and drove to the cinema bob and got stuck in the middle of a christmas parade i I just love that one little quick scene where it's just like a giant menorah all lit up in the middle of a christmas parade now this question's for sean squirrel hill in pittsburgh yeah do you recall uh, ever driving around and seeing the giant menorahs on top of people's cars during Hanukkah? Uh, like not parades. I mean, just like people driving around Squirrel Hill. No, did they do that? Really? You don't remember that? You even lived in like um, Shadyside, right? In Squirrel Hill, they had there were multiple cars that had these just like massive menorahs they'd put on the top of their cars and drive around in. There was, I remember one blue minivan always had this on, <sighs> and they would have light bulbs in it. And each day they would have another one lit as they were driving around at night. That is so cool. Those are cool. Yeah, I was like, this is pretty cool unless rad. you hit like a low hanging tree and the <laughs> holidays ruined. But well, I was just like, this is cool because I can keep track of Hanukkah this week. Oh my I don't God. know what else is going on, but I can keep track. Wait, why do I feel like so many of Dave's holidays are just like, I go put something on top of my car. Ugh, but what about yeah. a low hanging tree? A low hanging tree mm-hmm. will get rid of all of this. So I just won't celebrate this year. I have to worry about low-hanging trees just walking around. So it's a, it's a common concern for me. Oh, my God. But the menorah comes back into play, right? It's supposed to be the final we... set piece for this, this play at the synagogue. And, yeah. 
So Stu comes out and he's like, it's the final moment. He wheels this thing out and his entire family is looking at him like, oh God, this is going to be a train wreck. And it quite literally is. He does not even have a moment of redemption. The thing essentially explodes, brings the curtain down around them, but it reveals this really nice scene between the two uh, older gentlemen, between Boris and Shlomo, and all the kids as they are reading uh, the, the final touches of the Hanukkah story to them. And it's such a sweet scene that it's a nice closer for the episode, but it's a nice closer for the play as well. Do you guys have any final thoughts or things that we missed from this episode? Yes. Shoot. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about sort of the reveal with Shlomo. Sure. Uh, where, so Boris and Shlomo's rivalry comes to a head, uh, you know, when... They're it's in like the middle backstage. of <clears throat> they're in the yeah. middle of the play, and Shlomo is really antagonizing Boris, and Boris is going back, and they're starting to fight. They cut the scene, they like bring the curtain down, and they're arguing backstage about like why have you always been this way? Like why have you always been a shit to me? Why and vice versa? And Boris is like, well, you've always valued your business over starting a family, and I think you've really you know hated that, hated me for that. And then Shlomo reveals this heart-wrenching realization that him and his wife could never have children and in the she passed away and that she's passed away on top of that like on top of all of that and you know saying saying that like you know have a nice night because like i have no one to share my tradition with anyway i I have the actual exact lines uh so um, the, the line leading up to this, it says, you'd be proud of your family too. If you had any, this is, <laughs> this is Boris the Shlomo being the absolute worst human saying you'd be proud of your family too. If you had any, but you were always too busy with your fancy pants or with your fancy pants business deals. And Shlomo goes, is that what you think? And he goes, well, that's what you always said. And he goes, well, then I lied there. Are you happy? Like, that's what it is. And he hands on the crown and he just goes, here, I've got no one to share a tradition with. And I was like, oh, fuck me. I, yeah, was rough. I, got, I got misty-eyed in that moment. I was like, that is, that rough. that's heart-wrenching. And that's one of those things I don't think you really appreciate as a kid. Because it's just kind of a moment that passes and you don't really pay attention to it. Because you're like, what are the babies doing? But <laughs> when you come back and watch that uh, from an older perspective, that's pretty tough. And especially because it's treated as just kind of like a side story in the story of Hanukkah. Um, I do like that they bring it back around to Shlomo who gets to read the story to the kids. And Boris kind of says like, no, no, they want you to read it. So go ahead and read it. I'll just sit here and comfort Angelica after she's worn herself out from her tantrum. Um, So Shlomo finishes the story of Hanukkah after all the bloody battles have happened. And this is where the miracle of the the oil that is only enough for one night, but it lasts, is it eight nights? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's enough uh, for eight nights. That's where that whole story comes from. And I have to say, I love miracle stories like this that seem at least plausible and practical (laughs) and not completely insane and crazy. Yep. That's just my two cents. I'm like, I I buy that. Like, I'm, I'm okay with that. If somebody told me in the future that like, and lo, there was just enough gas in the tank to drive for one night, but somehow it stretched into like eight nights. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I could see that. Somehow their really pr- somehow their Prius converted to just electrical power and managed to get yeah. them all the way to Pittsburgh. Just, they just ran on corn diesel. Like, <laughs> I get it. Oh my That's God. practice stuff. <laughs> that makes sense. 
but then religion always has to one up each other so it gets increasingly crazy from there but i like i like a good i like a good practical miracle whoa you know whoa <laughs> did uh did Vinny all of a sudden come out right here yeah i like it hey as you guys got a good miracle over there i like it <laughs> i can get behind this slinging pies and lakas <laughs> my two favorite foods yeah it, it, and the food sounds great too it is what and the guilt oh and yeah and the guilt the food doesn't yeah. sound great the food's not good no the f- the food is great lakas are delicious yes that's what i'm saying it sounds great the yeah. food is great he's okay. ca- he complimented you oh i didn't yeah. i oh can't take that oh god i'm the chosen one so <laughs> oh. just kidding yeah good point it's a good point you're <sighs> riding on the coattails chosen peeps so I have a couple very, very silly little jokes that they had peppered in throughout this episode that kind of made okay. me giggle. Uh, this was one at the very beginning when they're still uh, set back um, in, in, uh, in ancient Greece, or when they're still set back in an ancient time, and they have this moment where Phil and Lil are seeing each other, and they're talking about oh, sort yeah. of the, all of the different groups, you know, continuing... Uh, you know, to, to operate with some religious autonomy, but adopting more of the culture um, from the people that they were around. And there's this one moment where when Phil and Lil see each other, uh, Phil goes, hail Lillian. And she goes, hail Philistine. Yeah. That was pretty <laughs> and cool. it was just, it just, it made me chuckle. Um, yeah. I love the fact that there is this entire sequence. We've talked about Angelica being a little shit. There mm-hmm. is this moment where, uh, she throws a potato pancake. She throws a latka. Somebody uh, slips on it. It is a gentleman dressed as a dreidel, right. and uh, he lands. He lands on his back, and there is a an older gentleman. Uh, he lands on his back, and the dreidel side up is the gimel. And this older gentleman sees all of the donuts and just goes, "I won!" and takes all oh, of the donuts funny. away. And then there, and then there's the little tiny moment where later on when the guy in the dreidel comes out of the bathroom. He goes, you made me bust a shin. Mm-hmm. I heard that and I didn't know what it meant. Yeah, no, it's a uh, side dang. of the dreidel. So he busts that this guy side fracture his, his dang ankle. Yeah, no, yeah, no. And then I want to talk about the fact that we, we talked about this Cynthia. Uh, oh my gosh, this, the Cynthia extra Ganza special which I'm assuming is extravaganza. Extravaganza, but Correct. it's done in yeah, Angelica speech. So I don't even want to talk about that part of the show. What I want to talk about is the thing that they tease at the end of it, which is Santa versus the alien. And I'll yes. be honest, that's the special that I want to see. That is the special I need to see. Guys, we need to make that holiday special. It's got to be a sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. Somewhere, I'm sure that it's hundred percent like half star movie. Yeah, they did. It's like a prequel to Die Hard. What? Sure. Yeah, this is what happened before McLean. It's like, a pre prequel. Oh, hold on, let me let it's me a be preakness prequel. Let me be clear. We are in the month of December. Prequel. Are we qualifying Die Hard as a Christmas movie? I thought that the world we're did. Scrap, we're I mean, I do this podcast, and we are going to be a Die Hard podcast. God, we are not. <laughs> nothing but die hard we are literally gonna have five episodes and then we're just gonna be waiting on bruce willis to see what he does with his career <laughs> and no more die courtney look yeah Shane black pretty much sets all of his movies at christmas so to me it is a christmas movie i consider it a christmas movie as well cool glad that we're all on the same page 
Back to Hanukkah, which is the topic of this episode. What do you Die think? How do you think they're celebrating? How do you think they're celebrating Hanukkah at Nakatomi Plaza right now? I feel like they should have imploded that place after the, the destruction and death. It's actually still there. I've I've been to the building where they shot it. It's mm-hmm. still there. They didn't implode it after that fake movie. No, surprisingly enough, they did not. Strange. I have so nothing to contribute. Not a Hanukkah movie. Nothing is the to end of this sense. Well, you know who does have something to contribute? The folks out there in internet land. Guys, as it turns out, you also have opinions on the internet. And we want to honor them by sharing our love it or hate it. And to help us with this segment, we are going to turn it over to a longtime listener and friend of the show, Bobby Anthem. Take it away with this week's love it or hate it. This week's love it was written by Amazon user Mandy Johnson. On January 4th, 2003, Mandy gave a Rugrats Hanukkah five out of five stars and said, Not only was this another endearing Rugrats episode, this video also had some very informative historical data. We were so excited to find a copy of this great video that provides accurate historical and cultural information on a child's level with characters he or she recognizes and loves. This video showed the babies playing games and eating Hanukkah snacks, which we provided for our learners. This video held seven-year-olds' attentions while instilling information about the history and culture of the Jewish faith. And our hated, also via Amazon, was given a rating of one out of five stars by CF. On January 5th, 2015. This one is titled, Don't Bother. It says, This contains shots of an immodestly half-dressed woman in the show that Angelica is watching. She comes on the screen multiple times. The children in the show are rude to each other, which I guess is supposed to be funny. I threw it out. Fantastic. Always the best. Thank you, Bobby. We appreciate it. Also, if you just have VHS tapes laying around in your house anyway, not a bad idea just to throw them out along with, uh, you know, Rugrats tapes that you just don't want anymore. Look, it's done. I still have VHS tapes. I, I, do. I, have, I have mint childhood VHS tapes that I will never get rid of. I do oh, too. Yeah. I'm, I cannot play them, but I will never get rid of them. Velveteen Rabbit is within a stone's throw Aww. of my current seat. That just made everybody sad. <laughs> I, I did feel. I'm glad yeah. to feel sadness after the anguish and anger that I feel over that hated review because oh that's, good, that's, that's some idea. fucking bullshit. Well, but the good thing is now it's our turn to say whether or not we loved or hated this show. So Mel, thank you again for joining us. Yes. On Saturday morning cartoons. We're going to get to your recommendation. So do you recommend a Rugrats Hanukkah special? And if not, does it get the dip? Meaning it is erased from all existence <laughs> for all time, and that is a. a Terrible way to talk about this show. Yeah, it is, it is because we should not erase history. Yes, I agree. Ooh, uh, ooh, just want to make that bold ooh, statement. Good, agree. <clears throat> Snaps to me. Uh, no, I love this episode. I love this special. And when I have children, uh, they will absolutely be watching this. Sean's surprised face has entered into this. Uh, arena. Are they watching on VHS? Um, they, I don't have this on VHS. I don't think my mom ever taped this for me. I think I watched it live. Um, but they will definitely be watching this along with Shalom Sesame to learn about their heritage. Nice. And I think they should because 
it it gives a nice um like uh, uh, introduction to the tradition that is Hanukkah. Absolutely, that's me. That's you, Sean. What about you, bud? I think you kind of. I am. I have to what? You have to recommend. You don't have a choice. A hundred percent. I I have to recommend this as well. I even without Melanie twisting my arm a little bit about this, I would have definitely recommended this. It's a wonderful episode. I'm always glad to jump back into the Rugrats world and see some Nicktoons. Uh, especially because if you are a fan of the show, uh, there might be something coming up in January that's related to Nicktoons oh, that we do every year. So get on board. But this show, this show is priceless. Fantastic. I love it. I'm also really excited. And I wanted to mention this, that we have all of these different, we have this Passover episode that we can do. We have a Kwanzaa episode right. that we will eventually watch and review for the show, which will be extremely educational for us. Uh, I'm also uh, very, very excited because I did not realize there are a ton of different holiday episodes that the Rugrats have. The immediate episode after Rugrats Hanukkah is about Mother's Day, which is where they get into the heart-wrenching part about why Chaz isn't married and doesn't have a wife right now. We've talked about that And Chucky... Yeah, and Chucky understanding that, you know, he does not have a mother. And so it is it is brutal. And they are, like, season four, Rugrats came out swinging. They weren't pulling any punches at this point. And I love that about this show. Like, I love that they have some of these moments and that as we're watching them as adults, it makes it that much more rewarding to get into it. Absolutely. Nice sell. For me, it's a, we're three for three. This is an easy one. Uh, it's, a, it's great Rugrats cartoon on its own. It's a fun little Hanukkah uh, episode that can either act as an introduction to the holiday or just kind of like a fun reminder of the holiday or just like cute little in-jokes if you already know all about it and just need a break from uh, the numerous <laughs> Hanukkah-themed movies that are on TV this time of year. I re- I literally can't think of any right now. No, I literally Hebrew Hammer, if you can find oh, it. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm supposed to be coming out with a sequel. That. I don't know if the Kickstarter failed or not, but. Yeah, no, super yeah, fun. I don't know. I recommend it. I say check it out. Uh, I think that's going to be it for this particular episode, but of course we got more coming up. But in the meantime, Mel, what you up to this holiday season? And where can the good people find you if they want to find you on social media? Um, I'm up to trying not to fall apart this holiday season, and you can see uh, if I succeed or not on Instagram at Melanie underscore Gwyn or on the Twitter at Melanie Gwyn, all one word. My middle name is Welsh. I have a question. So that's me. Like, are yeah. you are you trying What's to up, like Dave? physically not fall apart? Are you like some? Are you revealing like bits and pieces of you that are connected in some sort of weird advent calendar style on Instagram? Oh, fingers, fingers oh, crossed. Mm. Fingers and bones. Yes, I have tiny doors built in all over my body that reveal small treats. Wow, that's the stigmata. <laughs> that's not the stigma. What? Wow, that is not even. Close. I think someone someone's <laughs> gonna go back and read. The Bible? Okay. Genesis? (laughs) Nope. Okay. We'll talk about this later. I'm going to put myself to bed. Jesus. Sean, what are you up to? (laughs) Guys, as always, (laughs) I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that is called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. We perform at Washington Improv Theater, and you can find tickets and times with dc.org. I'm trying not to fall apart either, I guess. 
uh, and you can find out whether, yeah, I know this is a good plan for anybody at this time of the year. So don't fall to pieces, guys. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Twitter at Sean Paul Ellis, Dave. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter, keeping it together. Uh, Dr. Claw MD. You can also find us. Uh, you can find me on collider.com, nerdist.com and Dave Trumbore.com as well. If you want to know more about this little podcast right here, you can head on over to saturdaymorningcartoons.com. Remember, that's Morning with a U. You can follow us on Twitter at Morning Tunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on his Instagram page. Keep the conversation going on Facebook and listen to our free audio podcast each and every week through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube, of course. Everybody loves YouTube. If you want to know what's coming up next week and next year, Happy New Year, on Saturday Morning Cartoons, you need to check out our Patreon page because we will send out newsletters and all kinds of fun stuff, even early access to episodes. So head on over to patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons and check it out and be one of the cool kids and see if we can keep it together until the end of this year. (laughs) Keep it together for the next 24 hours because tomorrow is Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Happy Hanukkah to Mel. Happy Hanukkah to Sean. Happy Hanukkah. Everybody else out there who's listening. And thanks again for Mel uh, for coming in this week. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks everybody out there for listening. Have a happy holiday wherever you are. And we will see you next time. Hey everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now if you'll excuse me. I have to transform and roll out.